Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Caroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by the newest Oberhasli owner, Danielle Caroli. You wouldn't want me to be an Oberhasli owner because then I wouldn't be able to help you show, and we know that you're going to need help in a few years, so you don't need me in the ring with you bringing my own animal in, so we'll go with that. The more the merrier. There's plenty of room in the pool. <laughs> no, it is fine. I will stick with my two breeds. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, well, well, I'll get into it, and then and then I'll explain what what my thought was just there. But <laughs> I want to introduce our guest this week. Uh, we're joined by a friend of the show, Grace Toy of Hops and Lobs Farm. Welcome. Hello. I think I kind of talked my way into doing this whole show at this point. <laughs> third host no <laughs> i don't think you had a choice we just we we did a little bit of uh hey 10 minutes hey come on in <laughs> be here for the full time yeah well this week we're, we'll be covering changes to the scorecard as well as uh you know everybody getting ready for show season those score those scorecard changes are kind of on everybody's mind and some have started showing and and since my kidding season starts well as the listeners are hearing this you know i i have a dough that's kidded uh so i thought we'd uh bring back up some kidding stories from the three of us uh, just for funsies um so yeah i mean shoot we are going to record tonight and uh what happened to you grace yeah so i you know, managed to get everything done just in time and sat down and I have my camera sitting next to me. And all of a sudden a doe who's on my radar, but I didn't think she was going to do this tonight is laying down and starts pushing. So we had to push this back a little bit, you know, almost an hour, 58 minutes. It's not too bad, right? Yeah. Not too bad at all. I mean, she was actually pretty quick. Oh yeah. She was, ready to go and you know i brought her to a buck i knew usually produces big kids and she's not a huge son and so hold those kids and we got twin does so i'm happy and a 4-h is going to be very happy so i'll i'll work with that safe to say danielle and i are good luck then yeah hopefully this recording works and we, we break that <laughs> don't jinx it don't we're not talking about where you live we're not saying the c word you know yeah, how dare you <laughs> we're not doing that we will have an episode and we will have this recorded we won't have to do over yeah yeah let, let's hope <laughs> <laughs> well last time you were in an airport and this time you uh we're in a doe before coming on here. So, <laughs> uh, but my season starts as the listeners listening to this now, uh, but tomorrow for me, um, we're recording on a Sunday. So I've got the camera up watching 
Jem, uh, my experimental Oberhasley type, uh, who's just kind of doing the mopey, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, those are the does that you could get, Danielle, if you want to stick to your two breeds. The uh, doe kid, or a doe kid, or buck kid would be experimental. So there you go. You still have two breeds. Oh, oh, okay. I see. So I feel like this is, you know, what's this is a loophole here that you're trying to yeah. work in. Yeah, listen, I'm enjoying being kid free for another four weeks <laughs> or so. I am enjoying just going to my barn, petting my goats, giving them hay giving them water and being done. I am enjoying not having to milk and I am enjoying every last bit of my milkation and what that entails, especially not having to feed a few kids. So thank you very much for the generous offer. Um, (laughs) There's a workaround. I could, uh, you know, there's a thing called uh, paying for boarding and I could just board it for you until you start kidding season. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Why do I feel like there's going to be a, this is Danielle's go poster yeah. too. And, yeah. Uh, National. So I'm going to be like, here you go, Danielle. This yeah, is surprise. Yours. Take your go. I'm done with her. Oh, you have one in the same class? Too bad. <laughs> this is yours now. Yeah. Uh, can we please talk about the fact that mother nature is ridiculous? Oh, so I was looking at photos because I didn't believe that this was actually how it worked, but I took pretty photos of snow on Thursday, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, we have snow. On Friday, I went for a walk with my dog. It was 60 degrees. Mm -hmm. We were enjoying the puddles and the nice weather. I was just in a sweatshirt. And then on Saturday... We decided to have a wonderful, wonderful storm with snow and wind and horribleness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you did you get that snow and wind and craziness, Grace? Oh yeah. We only got a couple inches of snow, but it's that like really heavy, miserable to work with. And we had the wind, and our power even went out. And thankfully, the generator kicked on because the dough kid and during that time and I was able to use the camera. Of course. It's been my week. Really great times. They like to mess with me. So, but yeah, we have all of that. The snow had finally just melted and we had mud, but it wasn't too bad. It had dried out for the most part. And then within 12 hours, we were back to this. So really loving New England weather right now. Uh, Yeah, we, so we have, this was my last week of any sports, uh, in my area at West Point. So uh, we had playoff hockey Friday and Saturday. And as if playoff hockey isn't just like, am I going to work Sunday or not? Bad enough, right? Uh, Then we got the snow Saturday. So it's like, okay, got to come in early and clear all the snow so we can take care of these 3,000 people that are going to be in one of our buildings. And uh, it was, it was craziness um luckily uh i didn't have to work today i feel bad because like you you get to know these players and they're, you're like hey guys you know sorry you lost but i'm kind of happy i don't have to work 
<laughs> like, gee whiz, I'm so sad. But uh, yeah, so uh, all of our sports are done. Um, we have a bunch of projects coming up for the spring, but um, yeah, we're uh, we're sport free until football season. So that's cool. That is cool. You guys don't have baseball or anything? We do, but well, <laughs> not under yeah. your jurisdiction. Well, who knows? Uh, we're pretty light staff, so you never know. I might, oh. you might see me on ESPN Plus tapping a mound, tamping a mound down or something. I don't know. <laughs> you never, you never know. celebrity for ESPN Plus. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I told him I was like, man, you guys are just, just put a tutu on me. You guys want to make a celebrity out of me? Jeez. Just because I have a podcast does not mean you need to exploit my fame. I should, I should ask West Point if they'd like to, to sponsor the podcast. There we go. <laughs> D1 sponsor. <laughs> but anyway, I guess we should get to some ad good news before we get to our topics, eh? Just a little bit of ad good news and then we can get to the What was that? Part. Sorry, a little bit of what news? Ad No, I'm questioning all <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Every time you say it now, I flinch, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. A little bit of Adga news. Sweet. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the first big news that came out this week was um, there's going to be a town hall meeting with the executive director, Lance Gerlach, and President Robin Som on March 22nd. Uh, so anybody that has any questions or items they want to be addressed at the town hall meeting, uh, send those questions to uh, your directors. And I would suggest through email, which you can find on the uh, director directory. Um, each district gets an hour. Well, 50 minutes, really. They said they'll it's a hard stop at 50 minutes. Um, so districts one and two are at 6 p.m. Eastern, District 3 at 7 p.m. Eastern, District 4 at 8 p.m. Eastern, Districts 5 and 6 at 9 p.m. Eastern, and District 7 and 8 at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, w- once there's a link given, uh, we'll post it on our Facebook page. I'm sure it'll be like a Zoom call or something, um, I think, uh, or it'll be live streamed. I'm, I'm wondering if, like, even though, say, it's not your uh, district's time slot, if you're able to log in and, and watch uh, anyway. Um, so maybe we'll get some answers as far as that. But I definitely think that a town hall meeting that uh, the membership has been asking for for quite some time is is a good thing. Um, I honestly don't think we'll get a bunch of news out of it. I think it'll just kind of be like, hey, guys, we're trying and this is what's going on and kind of the same stuff we've been hearing. But uh, maybe it'll put some of the membership at ease. No, I agree. I think it's it's going to go a long way to just open communication and give people a voice. Obviously, they're asking everyone to submit their questions to the directors. Members are not going to be allowed to ask questions, but your directors will be your voice. And I think it gives everybody a chance to have their voices heard and hopefully get answers to questions that they are looking to be addressed. Did you send any questions to your directors, either of you? I did not. I currently don't have any questions that I haven't seen asked already. So I'm kind of sitting in a 
just sit back and watch seat right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is just my personal. I, you know, I'm not registering goats right now just simply because I don't have any born. I I know the issues that are there, so I don't have anything that I feel isn't going to be addressed. Right. To ask. I haven't yeah. sent anything in yet. I've kind of been thinking things over and seeing what's already out there that seems to have been sent in. But I mean, I think everything is at a point where I know there's some kind of progress being made and I'm trying to watch the email updates and everything. But um, I think just the latest update on NG is probably going to be the biggest question just with so many registrations coming in soon. Right. Um, I know there's even been questions about getting um, SG certificates for previous animals and what the latest ETA on that might be um, progression towards that. But I'm just hopeful to hear any kind of good news at this point. Right. Same. I sent, uh, I called one of my directors just to kind of uh, go over some of the questions I had to see if they were even worth asking. Um, You know, make sure I wasn't being like out of bounds. Right. I don't want to come off as a, as a turd um, (laughs) to put it mildly. And uh, then I, you know, had that discussion with my director and then I went ahead and sent all of my directors uh, an email with the questions that I had and, um, if they're answered, great. If not, then, well, that's for another day, I guess. Exactly. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, Guernseys will not be having an exhibition at Nationals like they were looking to get. Uh, looks like there's an option to be on display. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that process goes since I have two sitting in my barn and if I can have them sit at Nationals for a week instead of here paying a farm sitter to watch additional animals, I'll do that. Um, I know that Guernsey breeders are a little bit upset about this um, and kind of how they feel they've been treated during this whole process. Um, You know, I just want to say to them, uh, I get that you've, that we've been putting in all of this work or you have been uh, you Guernsey breeders, but um, you know, there's a process to these things and, and we really need to stick to the process. And I know that's something they probably don't want to hear from me or anybody, but um, you know, we got to stick to that guidebook and then being on display is a win. Like they need to be on display and um, I'm more than happy to help with that, with bringing two of my own there. No, I think the one thing I just am seeing all of a sudden and kind of the clarification is, are they looking to show the animals? I know there was a thing that was sent to the National Show Committee and they did not pass it, but some people are saying show and some people are saying display. And there are serious steps in the guidebook that li- that lays out what they have to do to exhibit at the national show and to be included as a breed at the national show. And I think they can start the steps. However, I don't think they are there to, or there, I don't think they should personally, as much as I, admire the Guernsey breeders who are breeding these animals and working with a new breed in ADGA. Um, I just don't know. I feel like there's a lot of confusion of what they want and what they're looking for. And the guidebook for everything is an 
excellent resource on what is the policies and procedures. And so there needs to be certain numbers met. There needs to be um, animals shown on display and certain animals in those displays and the numbers. And then the part that I'm almost thinking is a little bit too much cart before the horse is that after the breed gets accepted and it becomes an additional breed at the national show, they need to meet a minimum number of animals each Mm -hmm. year at the show. And so you start looking at that. Are you going to be able to meet those numbers? And I see breeds that we have established for years struggling with those numbers each year. So something to consider as this is pushed through it or as they try and push this through, this might not be where they should be putting their efforts in right now. And I am not a Guernsey breeder. I have seen them. I've judged them. I've admired them. And so I don't know the ins and outs of what animals are where and who has what and how many people are committing to this or doing that. But are they ready to have, you know, to be part of the national show and meet the requirements even Let's take NG out of the equation. Are they ready to do this and do their breed justice? So I think personally, no. And and I'm part of the Guernsey pages on Facebook, right? Um, and judging from conversations I've seen had on those pages and uh, with breeders, um, you know, I kind of learned a lot about certain breeders uh, when I got the backlash for shaving my one goat clipping my one goat. Um, and I want to say there's probably more than half of the Guernsey breeders, uh, aren't interested in competition. They're interested in the breed, which is great. You know, they're dairy goats. Like, yeah, you're, they're interested in the breed. They're interested, interested in, uh, milking and all that good stuff. Uh, but quite a few of them aren't interested in competition. So for them to be able to hit those numbers, it's going to be, the me and the uh, Adams family and, and all of these other families like in the Northeast, if say, if we were going to go to Harrisburg to try to meet these numbers that we simply can't meet yet because we just got into breeding them or like the Adams family has been breeding them for like three or four years. Uh, so we just don't have those numbers yet. Um, and a lot of the breeders such as myself are going to be using these, using other breeds to kind of help uh, build our herds of Guernseys, right? Um, so we're going to have a lot of experimentals, but it's going to be a while before we have American Guernseys, right? Mm-hmm. So I just don't see a world where, say, they say, okay, you can have an exhibition at Harrisburg, that they meet numbers. I just don't see it. Um, maybe I'm way wrong, and maybe somebody will uh, tell me otherwise. But just from what I've seen, through having conversations with some of these breeders, I don't think they're going to make it. And, and that's okay. Like the breed needs to grow and, and um, that's fine. But I just, I agree that they, you know, nationals, you're supposed to be bringing out your best, not just a uh, goat with a pulse because you want to meet numbers. Right. Right. And again, and I think what the Guernsey breeders are doing is great. The animals I've seen, I've really appreciated seeing them, getting my hands on them, judging them, just enjoying the new breed that we have in our association. Mm -hmm. I just 
don't know if it's the right time yet for this. And the other thing is, geographically, the next national show is all the way in Redmond. So if you have a... I feel, from what I've seen, that there's a strong push on the East Coast to exhibit the Guernseys or bring them, display them, whatever the current status of what they were trying to do was. But is that representation as strong in on the West Coast? Are we going to have an issue? I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is, you know, just my thoughts on yeah. it and my hesitations. No, I mean, I think it's they're valid points, and um, you know, them wanting to show is valid as well. It's not invalid, but I agree that um, maybe the timing's not right yet. But uh, you know, as a Guernsey enthusiast, uh, I love the breed, and I want nothing but success for them. Um, and I don't want anybody to think otherwise. Um, but but you know, personally, I just don't think it's time. Uh, moving on. Uh, this, this was so funny because I sent a question or I was talking to my director um, and was like, hey, why, have, why haven't the judging assignments uh, for national show come, come out yet? And they're like, oh, I don't know. That's a good question to ask. So it's like, okay, I'm going to draft it in my email. Literally the next day, thankfully I didn't send the email, <laughs> here comes the national show schedule. So the national show schedule for Harrisburg has come out and we'll uh, breeze through this real quick. Um, Starting Sunday, the 26th of June, uh, Alpines and Nubians go first. So it'll be. (laughs) Yeah, you got first right out the bat, right? Um, So Alpines will be at 4 p.m., Nubians at 4.30 p.m. Those are juniors, by the way. Um, And then the next day, the 27th, it'll be 8 a.m. Nubian Senior Show. 7.30 7.30 a.m. is Alpine Senior Show. So it'll be a nice early day of running them around for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 4 p.m. is La Mancha's, and 4.30 p.m. is Sable's for juniors. And then uh, the 28th, Tuesday, La Mancha Seniors at 7 a.m., Sable Seniors at 7.30 a.m., and... Then the Oberhasley Juniors at 7 p.m. Boo. But you will be whatever. fine. Like I said, now is the training for this. There's a reason you have the quote-unquote night shift. It is to prep you <laughs> so that you are ready for the 7 p.m. show for your juniors. I just have flashbacks of last year at one of our local shows when we were going until midnight and my doe was falling asleep in the ring. <laughs> um, so and then, I'll have time to nap before 7 p.m. though, so you guys have no excuse <laughs> but to be ready. <laughs> True. So, we'll um, her water or something and we'll be fine. Okay, stop it, Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so Oberhausley's are at 7 p.m. I just wanted to get the late one first. And then the Toggenberg Junior Doe Show is at 3.30 p.m. The Nigerian Junior Doe Show is at 3 p.m. So three breeds that day. And then Wednesday, obviously, three more breeds in the morning. So it's 7 a.m. Toggenberg's, 7.30 a.m. Nigerians, and then 11 a.m. Oberhausley. And then uh, Sonnen's. 
juniors at 4 p.m. So Grace, that's you again. And recorded grades, that's Danielle and I. And Grace, do you have do you have one of those? We we still have a few yeah. <laughs> grades, so it'll be interesting. And of course, all of our great <laughs> native on appearance sonnets are from that line. So I have mm-hmm. to make sure everybody's labeled and ready to go and make some stuff. <laughs> like, this is actually going to go to keep things easy. So it'll be fun. Right. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, that's going to be a roller coaster of a day. If you need help that day, uh, I only will probably have, hope, I'll hopefully have one recorded grid junior to show. So I can always help out I you too. I regret offering uh, that, but... Luckily, I, I don't plan to bring many animals, but I probably will need help somewhere. So I, I will probably have to take you up on that. Okay. Well, you're going to have to fight me with uh, Danielle, so oh, no, <laughs> or fight for me I, with I, was, I, I think I'll be good with that show. Um, and so I will probably be ringside somewhere so if you need help just holler i am more than happy to help i feel like i'll just have to stock up on whites for every day (laughs) but that's okay right well your kids will be so late this year because you've had such a relaxing (laughs) part of the year (laughs) i won't even be tempted to bring or keep any so then you'll Uh, be ready to help the rest of us a hundred i heard from what you there (laughs) there is a method to my madness and i am fully aware that <laughs> and doing this for the betterment of so of my life of everybody's life i am taking one for the team and i will probably be leaving my 2022 kids at home so that this way i can just help everybody else and also so this way i'm not showing um 2022 kids at yeah, for sure. but um it's really to <laughs> so- help it's it's just to help everybody it really is it has nothing to do with the fact that i don't want to show any kids but you know it's to help <laughs> yeah yeah nothing to do with that nothing to nothing do with, to that, do with that at all <laughs> <laughs> so that for the last day of showing uh thursday the 30th uh will be recorded grade senior doe show at 7 30 a.m and then son and senior doe show at 8 a.m so uh, that that'll be a light day for me too because I only have two does to show. So that's and it's it's easy because it's like a two year old and then a uh, age doe. So perfect. So you show the two year old, you get some nice pictures, you milk her out, you take a nap, then you prep your age doe. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be hopefully easy peasy. Exactly. And then, yeah, and then Friday the 1st, all animals and exhibitors will be off of the fairgrounds by noon. So, uh, good deal. It's going to, I'm excited. It's it's real now, guys. Oh, I know. I was already stressing as I was looking over my animals and going, oh my gosh, don't judge them. I feel like I go barn blind this time of year and I have pregnant does. I have does that are fluffy as can be. And I just have to remember that I cannot nitpick them the way I want to right now. And I'm focusing on flaws and everybody's not going at this moment. But, you know, then I'll Hmm. save them and be itching Uh, to get everybody out into a a ring. So 
I, oh, yeah. it's, yeah, it's real. It's definitely real. Oh, I've got a two-year-old second fresher. Well, going to be a second fresher. Though I'm like, man, you're gonna be lucky if you make it till you're freshen. Like, like she's a lovely doe, but I'm just like mm, that memory. Just so, give that one time. Yeah, I'm very impatient. So, and I'm very hard-nosed with calling. You know that. So, yes. <laughs> we'll see. Wait, hold up, hold up. You're hard on calling, or is it tyranny who's hard on calling? Uh, tomatoes, potatoes, you know. <laughs> Peanut, <right> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so that wraps it up for everything that's going on with Adga for this week. Um, yeah, let's move on to our topic. I guess uh, we wanted to kind of discuss more about the uh, scorecard changes, uh, and we spoke about those changes made to the score card uh pretty briefly uh when it was first released but figured we should take a few minutes and break down what it really means and what those changes are so not only is it a new scorecard that youth will have to know for showmanship but it has the potential to influence how judges are evaluating animals in the show ring as well which i'm excited about uh but yeah so let's discuss that scorecard okay so the first first thing I'll say, this is all coming from type committee, so all I've kind of just taken what they have and broken it down into how I look at these changes. And I think the first thing to realize is there's not really changes to the scorecard per se. It's just reconfiguring where some stuff is and breaking things right. apart and just changing some points. So it's not as scary as it sounds. Um, and so kind of breaking down the first thing, that they um, proposed and did was to remove stature from the scorecard. Woohoo! <laughs> Which I haven't had too much of an issue with, but I know right where they're coming from with this. So, girl, please, you're lucky. Then you're so lucky. I can't tell you how many times I've had a lovely Oberhasley doe in the lineup, and they're like, "Yeah, but this." La Mancha type or this Sonnen type stature is just, well, I'm like, she's an overhostly. But go well, ahead. Sorry. Well, I should rephrase that because I did just post a picture of a doe of mine that just freshened and she's been almost on my list every year and I keep holding on to her um, for one reason or another. Um, that's just, she's a smaller Sonnen. She comes from pure red lines and she gets thrown kind of in the middle of the class because nobody knows what to do with her. Um, so we, we've been there. But yeah. so previously, though, stature um, was worth two points for seniors, juniors, or bucks. And the definition was slightly taller at the withers than at the hips with a long bone pattern throughout. So what John is referring to is there has been comments from the show ring, and I'm going to call it confusion with um, some judges, and we're not going to pick on anybody. But, no. you know, it's just... I think when people see taller, especially in those junior kid classes or like John said in AOP, sometimes you want to go for that really big, tall doe because they, they do stand out to some people and everyone has a different uh, image of how tall they really should be. But to most of us, um, especially those of us who are um, vertically challenged like me, <laughs> as long as they meet breed standard, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't need a huge doe, but we have some, and we have some more moderately sized ones. But there is a lot of confusion with people wanting to say 
she's placing higher on stature because she's taller than the doe behind her when what it's really saying when you look at it is she is taller at the withers than at the hips and right. it's just a simple confusion but again if you refer back because you can if you really break down and read the scorecard you can find everything how things connect but we look at the definition of general appearance and there's nothing about a taller animal but they talk about upstandingness which is where you can kind of confirm that so that was the first big thing they did well so, so i think i think that affects especially the recorded grade classes where you might have like an oberhasli type or a tigenberg type uh versus some of these sonnen types or nubian types uh, that are much bigger where, um, honestly, in, in some shows, uh, it's like, okay, well, I have an Oberhasley type and these does are just as lovely, but they're also taller. So, um, so now it, I feel like there's like potentially a chance to be like, oh, maybe they'll give the Oberhasley type a second look now because, you know, they're not focusing on size and hugeness. Well, I think it's important to remember whether you're a judge or a breeder or anything, um, is we're looking for proportional animals and yeah she might not be the tallest doe in the class but for her size does that mammary match does she look like she has the productivity to match and the capacity of the mammary system um so those are all things to really consider when we think about how tall the animal is but where that really comes into in our scorecard is head and breed characteristics does she meet as a mature doe does she meet that height minimum? Or obviously Nigerians, we want to make sure they're within the minimum and maximum or should be within that minimum and definitely not above the max. So and right. it also helps when we look at linear. Um, this is they measure that animal. and it, it has correlated into a number. But what that really is looking for is that is she make, meeting the breed standard more than anything? Um, so. It can be nice to use that data to look at the height of the animal, but when you get to those really tall animals, especially bucks, they're going to be over it anyway. So it's, it's really there to look at the, um, just to make sure they meet that breed standard. So mm -hmm. that, that's the biggest thing. And again, we hear stature used so much. It, it's kind of a good thing because it is an easy thing to throw in there and it's two points. Um, so I think that's some of the reasons we hear it so much, but we just want to make sure when we talk about animals being taller at the withers, we're not talking about how tall they are. We are just talking about that upstandingness. So that's kind of right. ex explaining the idea behind removing stature. So, and not as much removing it, but uh, moving that language and other parts of the scorecard. So right. when, when we look at that, so... Well, I, let me get into our other one first, and then we'll explain where it goes to, because we're going to mix some things up even more. So then the second part that they did was to split back and rump, which, again, that is for when it was previously 8, 12, and 10 points, senior, junior, and buck. Um, they are, for that big of a category and as important as the back and rump are to the animal, I think it's a really good change. Um, we can put a give a little bit more emphasis to that rump structure in the show ring, which will be nice. Um, and just lots a little bit more points as we get into that um, versus where we had eight overall for back and rump. And now we have five for back and rump separately or seven and six. Um, so that, again, it's a little bit more consistent with our linear where we have animals um, being scored separately in back and rump for structural categories. 
and again just adds a little bit more emphasis to the rump so how we broke that down is it's almost nearly how it's written just a few little changes where we've changed things like um they've traded out like chine and loin just for back um just to specify things so but the language is nearly the same so back it's still going to be strong and straight with well-defined vertebrae throughout but we are adding in some of the language from stature where we talk about being taller at the withers than at the hips and then we go back right back into in a level chine with full crops into a straight wide loin wide hip smoothly set and level with back um, or level with chine and loin on the new scorecard versus back um, so again if you highlight them like if you're crazy like me and look at the scorecard probably too much um, if you <laughs> highlight it and just highlight the changes there's next to nothing that's going to be a different color it's just moving things from one section to another so that's going to be our new back category and then rump is just the whole second part of the um, category where we talk about um, a strong uniformly wide and nearly level from hips to pins and thorough to thorough set two-thirds of the distance from hips to pin bones, well-defined and wide pin bones set slightly lower than the hips, tail head slightly above and smoothly set, and then we get into um, the tail and normal sheep and testes. Um, so then the other fun part that probably a little bit easier to miss, when we look at stature, we also discuss the long bone pattern throughout, and that was added into dairy strength. Um, so all of that language is still there. It's just changed a little bit where it is. So that's something, especially when you refer to the long bone pattern, it's something you could bring up in dairy strength a little bit easier now for those kids in showmanship that might be thinking right. when we ask strengths and weaknesses, be familiar with the language we have um, in the scorecard. Um, so that's just something to kind of take note of. But everything is still in theory the same like i said we took those two points from stature and instead of having 8 12 and 10 for back and rump uh separately they're each going to be five points for senior dose seven for junior and six for back so but hopefully that makes a little bit more sense and makes it a lot less scary when we hear they change the scorecard again that it, it's really just a little bit more of reconfiguration more than anything so we didn't add anything there's nothing too crazy going on there but hopefully that makes a little bit more sense right the verbiage of what the um terms are is that you're looking for are still in the scorecard it's just for your kids and showmanship if the judge asks you how many points is stature you're gonna have to say now stature is not on the scorecard um and if they ask how many points is rump, you're going to have to remember that it's five points on a senior doe, seven points on a junior doe, and six points on a buck. Um, just different things to think about as you're in that showmanship class. Um, and also, again, when you're looking for those extra points in showmanship and instead of saying, oh, she's stronger in the rump, you can, you know, say, okay, she's, I really like how she's nearly level from hips to pin bones or throwing out some of those, um, throwing out some of the phrases that judges like to use. You have to remember that now if you're saying, well, I like how she has a long bone pattern throughout, you are no longer talking about general appearance. You are talking about dairy strength, but dairy strength and having a long bone pattern throughout leads easily into 
the subcategory of dairy strains, and maybe it's not even a subcategory because it's broken, it's not assigned individual points. But if you look in the neck description, it goes into long and lean and blending smoothly. So again, mm-hmm. the idea of long is already in that dairy strength category. And it's still, I wouldn't say, you know, as long as, uh, as a judge, I know we've done this with showmanship. I mean, we still have length listed in the description of general appearance. So if we are in showmanship and we are talking about, you know, we are there to help you as judges. Cause I know people can get nervous in showmanship and, you know, kind of stumble over things like we're not going to, you know, we're not, we're not making, um, taking away points per se, but we're not going to nick you if you're going to say add length into general appearance, because there is that language that's still there in the description. So don't overthink it too much, but you know, a dairy animal is one that's long and angular throughout. So it really does apply to dairy strength. And just like Danielle said, it's in some of those subcategories. Right. I think these are nice uh, tweaks to be made and to adjust the points. Um, You know, I still think, you know, there's still going to be perhaps uh, issues that some exhibitors uh, may see with feeling like they're not as tall doe, but still a powerful dairy goat uh, might be sitting a little bit further back because of that. But, um, you know, it might take time for the judges to get used to. I mean, are you guys going, I mean, not saying that you don't go off scorecard at all. You're going to stay on the scorecard, obviously, but do you feel like you're going to have to adjust your eye at all with this? I I would say uh, no, just because, that language is still there and it's still in back mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's kind of how it's written and how, you know, how it is. It, it fits that taller, the withers fits in so well there because when you, everything in the description, we're looking really from that back down to the hip and that uphill is again right. to from the hips to the withers. So I, I think it really is easy just to kind of set that there and think about when you're looking at that, assuming it's 5% of the scorecard when you look at back um, it's, it's just an easy way to slide it in there and keep it there really where it fits a little bit better than being alone in stature. So for me, it's not, but I know Danielle um, is a little bit newer, so she might have a different opinion. I I think it's one of those things that stature is two points. And so, or stature, excuse me, stature was two points. And so Sometimes that was an easy one to touch on as you're going down the lineup that I did select this doe because she was taller at the withers than at the hips, you know, kind of going, oh, wait, why was, why did I place doe A over doe B? And she was taller at the withers than at the hips, or she did have that longer bone pattern throughout, um, and this is part of the reason why they wanted to make this change and remove stature is it is an easy one to see right off the bat. You can see that you can kind of see a doe is more upstanding or um, it's just, this doe has a longer bone pattern throughout. Not necessarily that she's taller in general or bigger in general, but um they are phrases that get thrown out a lot and you can still obviously use them. But I think 
it's just making that conscious effort that they are not, you know, maybe that's not where you're going right away. Maybe if you are talking about the back, you do want to talk about how she does have that width in the loin or she's more nearly level in that chine area. Um, just different things like that, that if those are where the animal strengths are. Right. And I think something to think about too, like another way just to kind of make it easy is when a doe isn't uphill, it's typically going to be, you know, say she's high at the hips. I mean, that all goes right back to that back conformation, whether it is structure in an animal or she's more recently fresh. Again, it just goes right back to how well that fits into the back part of it when you use that language to holler at the withers and hopefully kind of specifying more in when you talk about back, you're not going to think as an animal as being taller at the back. It's going to hopefully kind of get taught into your mind and um, taught to young judges coming up that, you know, we are talking about what part of the back should be taller, not that they are tall on their own in their own category, if that makes sense. Right. No, totally makes sense. Uh, so I, I honestly am happy with the changes uh, or the repositioning of the scorecard, I guess we should say. Um, was there anything else we wanted to touch on before we started getting into kidding season stories? I just wanted to quickly say that um, one of the greatest ways that when I look at the scorecard and kind of remember things of part as far as how many points everything is, it's out of 100. So when you're looking at it, your if you break it down, you can put it into percentage, percentages. And so now rump is five, for a senior doe is 5% of the scorecard. And mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, I know it, it only went from, you know, back and rump were eight points and now they're 10 total five and five, but that rump is now 5% of that scorecard. And we know we just had, Mark on and he talked about the correlations between rumps and mammary systems and different things. But that 5% affects so much else too. Um, what we can see as far as the mammary system, what we can see as far as dairy strength, particularly kind of the rump structure going into the thighs and all of those different things. So locomotion. Yeah, exactly. And so I think this is going to be good because even though it doesn't necessarily, it's only two points in total that, you know, kind of got moved around and wordings got changed. It does put more emphasis on certain things that probably need to be emphasized more and go back again, like Grace mentioned earlier to um, how we look at traits when they're appraised as well and kind of break it down so i think this is a strong improvement and will hopefully do um good things for all the breeds yeah and i i mean as judges i'm sure danielle's seen it too i mean there are some breeds that and i'll, I'll pick on nubians because i have them that tend to struggle more um with rumps whether that's levelness from hips to pins maybe it's thorough placement so i'm hoping you know everything about this the scorecard really needs to be um, able to be used by any breeder. And I think giving it its own points and giving it its own section will hopefully really get the point across of how important that is for function, um, just showability and getting those really high wide mammary systems for having does to be able to go into labor and have two giant doe kids 
really quickly before you're trying to record a podcast, stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) There's benefits. There's, this is why we do it. So we can, Grace can literally say, give me 15 minutes. These kids will be born. And she means it. Exactly. And I, I mean, I posted a picture of a giant buck kid we had born the other day and we've had, I don't know why my sonins are overachievers this year, but they are producing some big kids. And I mean, it's one of those things I shouldn't have to worry about having trouble getting a kid out. Um, They should be able to pass those kids really easily. And then I get it on the ground to go, oh my, that is a very big buck kid or doe kid or whatever it is. And um, it's those things that really um, need to get pushed across. And I'm hoping that just having this on its own category is going to help breeders see the emphasis and why we care about rump so much. Totally agree. Yeah, your uh, sonnets have been having like John Kane size love child love children. Like, holy cow, they're huge! Like, what are you feeding those things? <laughs> I don't know what the heck. They're I mean, eating, they're twins. Nubians, well, I should say they're twins, but I mean, my Nubians are having these like normal little. And I, I just took a picture to post it. Of I have just from the kids born between tonight or last night and the ninth. I have three little Nubian triplet doe kids and they're just surrounded by these giant Sonnen kids. And I don't know what they decided to do this year, but they, they are really overachieving and trying to outdo each other in the size of these poor kids. But and that's why I like my really correct bump so much because I haven't had an issue with any of these big kids. Um, our one, as we'll get into my one issue this year was not due to a, big kid it was just a kid who didn't want to behave trying to come out but well let's let's jump right into it uh what what was that uh kidding season experience like there oh man so yeah we, it's like our group therapy for goat people just to talk yeah about yeah these. exactly <laughs> yep so, so go ahead and just cross our legs and let's talk about it yep <laughs> I should say, how does that make you feel? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I did get my drink before we started this because I knew where this was going. So I I should say we've been kidding out goats since 2011. And my herd has changed from having one doe kid to 30 something does kid, depending on the year. Um, Nubians and Sonnens and a couple of Lamachas that hang out. Um, But Until last year, we had not had a C-section. I really should add up how many kids I had total because we're definitely in the hundreds. And for somebody who's only, had only been doing it 10 years, which is not a lot of time in the reality of raising goats, that was pretty good. So we had one last year and then I had a doe right off the bat this year. And I know John induces a lot, but I have the worst luck with it in my herd. And I don't know what it is and what my does don't quite agree with but I always seem to have issues and it's probably me overthinking it and looking for blame but she was (laughs) induced (laughs) Um, as were two others that were fine but um, I had a doe and I kind of had been watching her and I was like I'll go in and get a shower and you know lay down for 45 minutes because that's guaranteed to have a doe start pushing so I I saw her push once and then she kind of stalled and she you kind of know when a doe is starting to arch her back a little bit and look uncomfortable that that something is not quite right. Uh, so went in and checked this doe and she was almost completely dilated, but not quite. So I just decided to 
um, put a little bit of pressure and help dilate her because it wasn't a kid quite right where I wanted them to help that. Um, and then as I finally got her dilated and started feeling around, I feel a foot and then tried to kind of move that forward. And I realized there was no head coming with this leg. Oh, no. So, and I could feel like a neck and realized there was a kid right below him, not giving him a lot of room and realized that his neck was curved way down um, and just right below where I could really get him out um, through the cervix and everything. And I'm just feeling around, feeling around. And I didn't spend too much time. I think it was about 40 minutes ish. I kind of messed around and I just went, you know what, if I can't get this kid out and I'm starting to question my ability, because that's one thing I'm very confident in and I have just the right hands and arms for is I can get a kid out. So called up the vet, threw in the car, because of course it was a weekend evening as well. So, of course. Chiching. Yep. And, and I will say, and of course, this is like the heaviest dough in my barn. And I, I don't think her weight really had to do with it. It was just perfect storm with the size of this kid. And he has like the longest, most beautiful neck I've seen on one of my Nubians so far that he just decided to go as far down into the uterus as he could. Um, but... But the you know, size of the dough is getting her into your car. I'm sure you were. Oh yeah, my, my yelling and cursing here. all of her. Oh yeah, my neighbors hear all sorts of things, and this was about eleven o'clock at night, and mm-hmm. I'm just you know because we don't we live not really in the country. Um, we have a decent property, but um, where it's kind of a hill, so no one can hear you. But of course, trying to get this very large dough into the back of a car, and she was not budging, was always fun. So, but we did get her in and then it was one of those situations where I really appreciate my clinic has a few large animal vets, but I'm partial to my vet and we all know how that is. He's just more of a small ruminant vet than the other ones at the clinic. Um, They're a little bit younger, a little bit more decline interested than small ruminant. And she was of course on call. So I'm thinking, oh my God, do I drive this go across the state to um, the school, um, Tufts, that's local, where they're a little bit more experienced. And I'm just thinking, like, I just don't want anything to happen to Stowe when I pull in. And my vet was, uh, happened to show up, too. So I was like, thank God. <laughs> First of all, after a 45-minute drive stressing, um, and then, you know, before I opened the car, I just said, you're not going to like which Stowe I'm getting out of here, because it's not going to be fun to try to sew all this back up. But went well the new vet did or younger vet did just about everything and um had two live kids so that was good but that was how my kidding season started off and it, it's not helped my blood pressure since <laughs> yeah yeah i'm sure every when you have something like that happen i'm sure it's just like every kidding the rest of the season you're like uh is it what's going on is this okay like just kind of second guessing everything um i i mean yes and no like i said i'm I will say I'm not, I always second guess everything, but I am pretty confident about getting kids out. And, you know, so I, it, it shakes you up a little bit. Um, and you just like, feel like, I just don't want to have to do this again this year. I've spent this many years without C-sections. And now we've done two in about a year. Um, but, you know, it's, it, it also, as somebody said to me when I posted that, they're like, you probably made the best call and saved those kids because you knew enough that, you were out of your reach here of what you could possibly do and you knew faster. So you were able to get that dough to the vet 
at least save those kids before things went really bad and or the doe was in more stress. So I, I think it's important. And it's also important to remember the longer you do this and the more does you get out, more animals you have, the more situations you're going to run into. And you just, this, as much as we post all the good on Facebook, there's a lot of bad and stress and scary stuff that comes with it. And you just have to learn how to handle that and just go with it. No, a hundred percent. I had to laugh because several years ago, well, it was 2020 and we had such a wonderful kidding season. And uh, if we don't go back to that, that would be beautiful. Um, And every year since, thankfully, because it was so just problem after problem every, you know, 2021 and hopefully 2022, it's just like 2021 was a walk in the park. But I remember somebody made a comment to me about, oh, wow. And they had, you know, their two or three goats. They had been raising goats for a couple of years. And they made a comment of, oh, wow, you guys really have a lot of issues. Why why is that going on? And how am I breeding, you know, how is my kidding season so much easier than yours and kind of this I mean there's a little bit of smugness in that and I just thought to myself uh no because you're doing this you're kidding out so many more does the probability of error is that much higher you also know things so your does are not and this is why my vet loves me um my does I am not calling him because my doe is down and like she's limping I'm calling him because this doe has done something crazy and this is the first time I've ever seen it and I've already thrown what I've what my knowledge is and this is a new situation and you're just seeing different things and stranger and stranger things as you get into goats and do more and more it just gets weirder and weirder because your normal situations you deal with like it's no big deal. Your doe off feed, you're already giving her the vitamin B and making sure she has, um, you know, she's figuring out why she's off feed and what's going on and all of those things. You're not letting her get sicker from that. You're treating that. And so it's a whole, so you get the weird things. Well, I think it's, my, my vet said to me, you know, because I feel like my vet and I also have group therapy sessions and he'll call me to kind of think of different things because there is so little research specifically in goats for stealing from cows or stealing from sheep and hoping things work. But I mean, he said to me, you know, it's the clients that I know aren't going to just kind of nod their head while I tell them something and are actually going to go apply it and take care of the animal and follow up that are obviously the best clients to work with because you're going to have that success rate and everything they're putting in is worth their time. Um, And it's those things I think that help a lot. And there's a lot of mutual respect from the vet from having that. And that's, I mean, that's how I think they take you seriously because somebody made a comment to me a couple years ago who uses my vet and their family has for a couple, I think a couple generations at this point, but they said, you know, some of these vets, don't understand that you have put in the research and you are serious when you call them and you know you're not just spewing off whatever you saw on the internet um, you've put in the time and effort but because I'm younger and I look younger on top of it um, you kind of have to 
build that reputation with the vet. And um, the other thing is, you know, they they want to teach you. They can't be out at your farm all the time. We're, we're short on large animal vets, especially in our area. It's it's getting really scary at this point, trying to find after hours care and vets leaving clinics and unable to get them out um, to your farm, even on a regular basis in a normal amount of time. So being able to be that kind of that good client that's really going to work with them on top of being willing to learn those things. So you're able to do as much as you can and just call or text when you need something little like a dosage or a question or just making sure. I, I text my vet all the time, be like, I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything that I might not be thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the most important and why he doesn't have to come out as often because we can just go on the phone and like be like, all right, let's talk our way through this situation. And they know when I say I have a kidding problem that they're like, just at that point, we could talk a little bit if it's my normal vet and he might give me some ideas, but they know at that point, they're like, just bring her in because it's going to be a C-section or there's something else going on. Um, so it's definitely important to build that relationship and um, have that because I think some people like the person who made that comment to you, I think there is a lot of beginner's luck and things oh. that just happen to work out um, that some people don't always realize until they get the bad stuff and the really bad stuff. And that that's when they might be like, oh, okay, now I understand what, what they were going through. Right. And the other thing is you're also, nobody is hearing about the 10 easy births you're having. Nobody is experiencing that you have, or, you know, myself that out of that year, or let's say the year before, you know, I called my vet once for this, but I just had bad luck on this. But because they were such strange cases, it's a whole different thing. And it's something that you want to talk about because if it helps somebody else or it does this or, you know, group therapy, let's vent and talk about it and deal with it. It's just or it's just because we find it interesting and because it's weird and unusual. So you tend to share, at least I think you tend to share more too. Um, I, I think that's a really important point And something I was thinking of today was, yes, you need to have access to a vet and somebody who has access to more drugs and everything that we may need or a C-section, whatever. But it's also important to have, um, let me put this, reputable go. Um, other go donor experience and make sure that the person who's telling you they, they are experienced and reputable actually is because mm-hmm. anybody can comment on Facebook and they probably they have time. They've probably had goats maybe 10 minutes because a lot of us who are in the depth of kidding season, whether we only have a few or a lot just aren't always on there. And then we cringe when we see some of the information given three days later. <laughs> So it's important, though, to have a group of people you can talk to. And I I know there's several people, and I'll I'll talk to Danielle or whoever as well, and just be like, have you dealt with this? Or what what do you guys think of this? Or, you know, can you think of anything else? And having that group of people to back yourself up to while working with your vet. Don't bypass your vet just to work with other people. But they might think of things on a different angle or something that's not even a medication that's an easy um, way to like potentially help treat something. So having that circle of people is really, really important. And like Danielle said, just to kind of talk about experiences, because you might be able to kind of piece things together on how to treat something or how 
to handle something in the future because you had that conversation with somebody and it's just kind of got the ball rolling in your head. Right. Yeah. You know, I had a, I didn't have a kidding issue. I had a post kidding issue with a doe last year who ended up passing away, but during her being down, you know, I did have that group of friends to be able to talk to. And the one thing that disappointed me about that was, you know, then somebody got upset because I ended up talking to my vet and going a different route. Right. And it's like, well, it's my vet. Like mm-hmm. I trust my vet. That's why I'm a client. So yeah, I'm going to go with them. Like I appreciate your input, but I'm gonna go with my vet. So um, having a group that's really solid to be able to balance ideas, especially during kidding season. And if you're dealing with dystocia or something um, is super important. I will knock on wood right now as I'm staring at my camera, looking at my doe just with her head in the corner. Um, that I haven't really had any issues. Uh, I'll, I'll tell kind of my, my funny story to lighten it up a little bit. Um, our second kidding season, I, we had just purchased, uh, our two first bucks ever, a Nigerian buck. And then Orion, our, our, uh, Oberhasley buck and they were juniors, right? And ultimate buck show comes around. Well, we've got a doe that's sitting at 148. Day 148. So I'm like, ah, like, you're home. Like, she's not going to go. Like, her udder's not that full. Like, she's not going to go. Famous last like, oh. words. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So uh, she might have even been past 150. I forget. Um, so it's our second year kidding, kidding, right? And I'm like, hey, hey, wife who doesn't have a background in livestock and has gone through one kidding season with me. Um, yeah, good luck. So I go to Altamont, which is about, what's that, like a four-hour drive? To Altamont? Three-hour drive, Where something like that. Where are you coming that. from? Yeah. It's like two hours My house. from you. No. Is it two hours? Whatever. It's, uh, yeah, don't. No, it's it's, it's like not four hours, hours, everyone. It's like 15 hours. Um, <clears throat> so on oh, that 15-hour drive. Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just, I don't want people to be like, you guys are soft. So, uh, 20 hour drive is what it was. Um, just You're going all the way to Redmond. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I go to the show with my, my two dumb bucks and who are juniors. So it's like, why, why was I really worrying about it to begin with? Anyway, I, you know, for funsies. So I go. And I'm on my way back, and I've got probably like an hour left. And Tierney's like, uh, salsa's pushing. And I'm like, crap. I'm like, okay, tell her to hold on. <laughs> so I'm and like, Tierney's like, Tierney's great. She's, if it was like just me by myself and like I didn't have a farming background, I'd lose my mind. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, hey, stupid, get here. Like, dummy, why'd you go? Uh, so like, she's like cool and calm collected. Meanwhile, I'm going like 90. I'm like, I gotta get there. Uh, so I'm speeding home and Tierney's doing her thing. And, and, you know, she called me a couple times and, uh, I get home and I missed it by like five minutes. Then she had like, I don't know, twin toes on the ground. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I missed we that one. Something similar. Cause we used to, we moved to our current house in 2017, but we kept the goats off site before then. Um, and at that point, it was the place where at the longest, but, you know, we didn't have internet. So we were using FaceTime as a camera and we had just left from doing chores and we were, we got to the bottom of our street. It was like 10 or so minutes away. And we get a call from my mom. She's like, um, somebody just had a kid or was pushing. So we had to 
turn right around and go there. And I think she had one or almost did. And um, so it, it worked out fine, thankfully. And it was, you know, again, good rump. So it was easy hitting, but one of those that gets your heart racing a little bit. Oh, yeah. You betcha. <laughs> See, uh, I love those. I call those my basket cases because you just show up, pick up the babies, put them in the tote, and you are all set. But, well, this is like the one well, this afternoon is, I was going to say, why it's so important. I always have, I just throw them in like a laundry basket and I put towels in there. I like my um, nasal aspirator and I like an OB sleeve um, just in case I have multiple does deciding to get it once because that's happened here. I can throw another one on and not have to worry about like contamination and whatnot um, if I'm in a real emergency alone. But having that ready to run out the door is so important. <laughs> the number of times I've had to go flying down to the barn, especially in the ice and snow, that's always fun. It's there have it at your door ready to go or sitting in the barn. So if that dough is kidding, we keep our doughs in one pen and I try to pull them out as long as I catch them before they start hitting just so it's a little bit easier for cleaning. I can just pick up shavings, but everything's right there, ready to go, just in case they, they pull what the stuff pulled today. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's those are the good ones, right? Um I mean shoot, you were it was like a half hour. Like because we were on this call for like twenty minutes beforehand just uh talking, but um and no, those see, are those I are the best a ones. Picture. Hold on, I was just looking at like text messages. Okay, so. so I took a selfie with these two kids to send. It shouldn't turn out well. But at 8.47, so it probably took, I probably texted you around right at like 8.30 because you were just logging on. is when the text message came in that said that we jinxed you. Yep, so I probably, and I was about to run out my door. So yeah, like 12 minutes had those two kids out. So yeah. Again, you, you just not too shabby. Get down. I told you it's down to a system how it works here. I get the dough taken care of. I clean. I get the kids to the house and get them fed and collars on them. So this is a little bit more rushed than I'd like, but <laughs> that's we, how hey, it works when you don't have for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For everybody that's supposed to be like John, really, you were rushing her? No, I was like, yo, take your time. It's like, no problem. Take yeah. take your time. <laughs> so, no, She's I'm, like, oh, I'm just sitting down. I'm sitting down. I'm like, dude, just take your time, bro. It's fine. <laughs> I no, had to change. You know what? I was a little, you know, covered in fluid at that point because I wasn't as, you know, I could take the time to move back. But this this dough was not cooperating as well as she could have, or I probably could have done it in about eight minutes. I really conspiracy theory: the kids were born beforehand, and this was all a ruse to get us to wait a little bit longer so you could have your drink that <laughs> you wanted before you got on this podcast and talked to us. That's what I'm going with. Conspiracy. It The kids were born. Yes. We'll put, we'll call them that they were born yesterday, but See, the drink was late. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, like I said, there's a lot of negative with kidding season that, you know, some people put on Facebook. Most of us don't. But everything just, you have to recognize it all is going to work out one way or another. And it worked out for that tonight because it's, it's been quite the day. <laughs> but- no, I love the idea of all working out. And that's kind of my kidding story that I thought was, I should share. I think it's a fun one. Um, several years ago, this has probably had to be three years ago now because she's a coming three-year-old. My experiment 
mental moon. Well, hold on. Let me back up. The fall four years ago, she had a mass on her thyroid and she had come to me the year before or that year, but I knew that she still had a strong show career and wanted it removed so that this way um, I wasn't trying to convince anybody that it wasn't CL. Also, not that it was in the right spot for CL, but it was a lump. It was also starting to irritate her. It was right in that kind of where you would hold the collar. And so I figured what I was going to do is as soon as our show season was done and the flies weren't an issue, we were going to have surgery to remove it. So that's what we did. But in doing that, because this was an extensive surgery, she had to, and she had to be sedated, all of these things, she went off, we kept her off food for a few days beforehand. And then there was a recovery process too. She recovered really well. Heck, you couldn't even see that, you know, she had had this um, growth removed, all of these things. And she, but there was a period of time where she was off grain. And then there was a period of time where then she was exposed to grain pretty quickly afterwards. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty, and wouldn't you know it, I unintentionally flushed her. So kind of like a lot of people do with sheep where they give them greener pastures right around um, breeding season, they up their mineral intake, all of these things to encourage egg ovulation, I inadvertently caused her to ovulate pretty heavily. However, she is a big doe and I didn't ultrasound her, so I didn't know that. And so that day she gets on the stand, her water had broken, she had pretty thick discharge, but she wanted to eat her food. So she has that discharge streaming down her, eating her grain in the morning. I put her back in the her pen and I say to myself, okay, let me finish up chores because Moon is about to kid and let me see how far I can get while I'm waiting for her to kind of really start pushing. So I finished chores. She's not really progressing. There's not a lot of pushing. And that's always my insight to go in and figure out what's going on. Because if that baby's not progressing in that time. I typically have a 15-minute rule. If you're not out in 15 minutes from when your that water breaks, I'm sorry. I'm going in and pulling something out because there's something blocking the right nerves from causing it to put from causing the dough to push. So I go in and I feel this massive bucket, and I can tell it's a bucket because this thing is breech. And very breech. <laughs> and I'm pulling. He's huge. I decide I am not comfortable with pulling him out. And my herd that time had been loving breeches like crazy. And typically I could pull a breech kid out, no problem. But I was not comfortable with his size and how he was positioned as a breech pulling him out. So I called a friend 
who is my go-to. She's right down the road and she's my go-to for when I have really tough kiddings that I can't sort kids out or whatever. And she pulls him out at, with a little bit of difficulty and goes, okay, so I was, you know, we were both in this dough we were, and kind of was a difficult birth to have him out. So do you want me to just go in and pull the other kid? And because Moon had, um, you know, ex- been exhausted from this kidding, we, I said, yeah, sure. So she goes in and she can't really find a kid and she's, she's deep into this dough and she's like, I don't think there's anything in here. And I said, no, I didn't ultrasound her, but she was big. There's no way there's just a single kid. So then she finds a kid, pulls him out. We have to do CPR on him. He was just, he was kind of purple when he was born. We did CPR. We got him breathing. We got the other one going well. We're good. I am disappointed as all get out. I'm ready to go buy a new dough because I really wanted a little Sonnen or, you know, experimental Sonnen baby. And I have two bucks. I had to do CPR on one. They're gorgeous. I am, you know, as close to throwing a temper tantrum as, you know, you can (laughs) with this kind of situation. But so my friend goes, we figure she's good. We're just waiting for her to kind of pass her afterbirth. And I get her up. I get her milking. I get these babies kind of taken care of, situated Again, we did CPR on the one kid. This time lapses. And all of a sudden, I look in the pen. And she was alone in her pen because I kid him. I try and kid my does out in their own pens. And there is this sack right next to her because she's lying down. And I wasn't expecting her to lie down. And there's a sack next to her. And I start panicking. Because it is red and white. And all I can think of is, oh my God, this doe is prolapsing. This is her uterus. Well, it wasn't her uterus. I was just not used to Sonnen kids coming out and having white legs and white bodies. I'm used to my Nubians with, you know, brown legs, black legs, tan legs. <laughs> and so what I was seeing was a kid that the sack just hadn't burst yet. So somewhere in this dough was this third kid. So get this kid going. And, you know, thankfully it was seconds after she had been born and I was able to see her. So I get this kid going. She's fine. I'm ecstatic because it's a doe. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, here we were. We thought she was done. Here's the dough. This is awesome. Then she starts pushing again. And she's pushing and pushing. And if you've been doing this long enough, you can kind of tell the difference between an afterbirth push and a there's a kid in here push. And I realized that this is a kid in here push. So I'm like, Oh my goodness, there's a fourth. But I'm like, okay, at this point, she's having a little bit of difficulties. You know, let's get this taken care of. I go in and find that this kid is basically 
U shaped in um, the dough. So I knew I could feel the ribs, and that was it. And so I had to position her. Um, it ended up being a second girl, so she had two boys and two bucks. But I had to position her, kind of twist her around and pull her out. I don't even know if she came out feet first or head first. At that point, it was just trying to get her out and trying to get away from trying to present via the ribs because that doesn't really work when you're birthing babies. Um, But ended up getting her out. And (laughs) poor Moon, because it was just me and I had to kind of maneuver this kid, I had... (laughs) <laughs> and moon is moon was white so the poor thing had a red handprint on her stomach as i was trying to get the other you know get the kid out um she didn't you know but the best was having to call my friend and being like so i just had two more kids and you were in there and when i tell you she was in like the full ob sleeve of in this goat and like searching for the second kid and couldn't could barely find the second kid and then now all of a sudden she was there was two more in there we were just laughing because it just didn't seem possible so i just joked that moon decided that she knew she was in trouble and i wasn't happy and so just made two little doe kids magically appear so that was my <laughs> kidding story yeah those those big does and they turned out to be pretty good doe kids they did they did Here's kind of a yeah. funny well, thought because I, I didn't think about the kidding part ahead of time. Just kind of quickly thought about the scorecard. Do you guys have any funny like kidding season traditions or like kidding? This is going like way back to my 4-H days because th- that reminded me. Um, something you said reminded me. But we used to, for our first kidding, um, we had it in a shed and it became tradition later. A friend of mine um, actually kind of sad, kind of happy because we, we just lost our old weather today. Rhett came to put him down and he was the first kid I ever saw born. And what she would do and what kind of came our our tradition was she would put up Christmas lights for kidding season. So you could still kind of keep things calm and turn down lights, but it was still, you know, bright enough and it just kind of turned into a fun thing. And then what we started doing when she came to help us with our first dough kidding and became tradition for years after was we would always get Chinese food. So of course, when you're a 4 and it's more exciting and you want to watch the entire thing and stare at that dough, even when she's not going to kid for two more hours, um, we would sit in the barn with that. So I don't know if you guys have any, I just kind of thought of that, but I had a lot of 4-H'ers here picking up goats in the last week. So it, it's kind of fun to hear those little different things that you kind of forgot you did. <laughs> oh uh mine this year i just started a new one where i wait until the last second to get everything ready right oh i you it wasn't quite the last second i think you had you still have a few hours so i think uh, you're like she, 12 hours. I'm, I'm actually as soon as we're done recording i'm gonna run up there and check her just because she's looking awfully peaked not like bad but just like she looks like she's almost there, which will hurt my feelings because she shouldn't be going until at least like mid morning tomorrow. Um, but you know they like to make their own rules. Um, so yeah, it, it could be last minute or it could be hey she's going to wait until tomorrow afternoon. Who knows? Um, 
but she's not happy right now. She doesn't have any goo hanging, so she's fine. She's yeah. just she's just whining. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have any real traditions. I mean, traditionally, Tierney has been there to help me. Um, so that's like kind of like it's our it's our couple time, right? Uh, high five afterwards, and yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. It's a great date night. Who, who wouldn't want to do that? Um, what about you, Daniel? Do you have any traditions? So. I don't know if necessarily know if I would call it a tradition, but we do have a competition at my barn and it's not between myself because I am a control freak who likes to be present at all the births, but it's between my mother and then Corey who um, helps us at the barn and they have a competition to see how many births they can each attend and who can attend more births. So it gets pretty fierce. I mean, there's been a few times where I've been bribed to not call somebody and tell them that the doe's in labor or um, extend the fact that she's not quite pushing yet so that this way somebody can get their time um, and rack up the points because it's just a friendly competition. But yeah, so there's a lot of times where I'll be sending pictures to one or the other saying, Corey says this, you know, she made this birth and you didn't. Or mom says, look at the kids that she just delivered. Here's her, you know, she's up one. So we do have that kind of fun competition that they try and see who can attend the most births and who wins. And it's all friendly. Oh, and- so if I had a choice, I'd be like, I'll hang out. In my bed, taking a nap. See you later. <laughs> is it just like the number of kiddings, or is there points involved? Like I helped deliver this kid, so there's extra points or things like that. Like this could make it more competitive if they start. It really, it really depends on the year and how close of a um, point, like tally each of them has. Because if they're desperate, po- if they're desperate for points, they do tend to go well. This one had quads, so that counts extra. Or you only were just there to pick up the kids because you missed that birth, and that one doesn't count. Or there's, they kind of, the rules are very flexible and change as they go as each of them tries to be the winner. Do they just have to be like there in the barn, like sitting in a lawn chair, or what? They both listen to the podcast, so I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> both of them are great help so okay yeah right. yeah well, i don't know i don't know if i mean i've i've met your mom and i don't know if she like gets down and dirty with the goats like that i don't know i have oh. faith she can oh she does she okay. does she took care of the when i was at school she took care and birthed those babies by herself multiple times she much prefers to not be the one responsible but is always willing to pitch in and help but she if she's not the one responsible for kind of the life or death control aspect of it she's much happier um so what you're saying is if i need help and i'm away because no one in my household helps with that i can call her yeah (laughs) (laughs) a little hesitation with that yeah but you know no 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 
she it's listen she she could she can handle it she can do it so what is she doing tomorrow <laughs> she is working oh, <laughs> maybe book her tonight by the sounds of it yeah yeah no yeah there's a good possibility there all right see you guys in a few minutes then (laughs) (laughs) just bring her just bring Jem over i'm already on kid watch for tomorrow for somebody else so just bring her over drop her off at the barn i'll be around anyway so Uh, i think i'll survive i'm i'm lucky right so uh my mother-in-law has uh alice tonight for a sleepover and she's gonna have her tomorrow during the day while i'm dealing with whatever i'm about to deal with so um i'm lucky that i have that option yeah <laughs> no that is great alice is lucky she has a sleepover right mm-hmm. fun for everyone <laughs> so next time i'll send her over to your house danielle okay you guys Sounds get good. bored there's still four more due here and a couple more at the end of the month Plus more after that, but we're not talking about those late kids at this point. It'll be it'll be my warm up. It'll be you know I'll just be like, wait, I need a, I need a few kiddings under my belt before mine come. I'll stop by and just deliver them for you. There you go. Right. All these giant sounding <laughs> kids get some practice in. Yes, exactly. Maybe a sable or two in there by the looks of it. Oh, <laughs> what's that supposed to mean? I'm just gonna leave it there. Oh, okay. We're gonna start. Right. The- well, I don't. We'll let people use their imagination. It seems to be the new thing, right? Sables definitely are the new thing, and it seems to be the breed that's popping up in a lot of people's barns. So maybe we'll just have to add that to ours. Never know what this kidding season is gonna end with, and what it's all gonna entail. Danielle, if you if you end up with a sable before an overhousley, I might cry. Well, I guess we're gonna see John cry. <laughs> well, I'll just watch the Titanic. It gets me every time. <laughs> and then you can see me cry. Oh my gosh. I mean, technically, oh, no. she sort of has has had like an unofficial sable, if you want to call her that. Yeah, my doe does. We can not conform to breed standards, so I don't know. But I guess a dot. Her name is literally dot. It's a dot. <laughs> Her name is not Dot. It's Dottie. Excuse me. So imaginary. Talking about imaginations over here. (laughs) Add two letters. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think think that's a good spot to stop the uh, kidding season and and scorecard uh, talks. Um, Danielle, we, we do have an announcement that we were talking about announcing. Do we want to announce it now? We can. Um, we are now going to be able to be found on the good old World Wide Web on our new website, which is dairygoatpodcast.com. So feel free to check that out. We are just launching the website now. It has all of our backlog of episodes and it will be home to new exciting things in the future including a resource a resource section where i will upload that scorecard we talked about today so this way you have easy access to it and probably further down the line maybe a little merch but we are when that happens you guys will be the first to know we are working on some really cool stuff 
So uh, it's it, dude. It's it's we've got cool stuff we're doing. Cool, cool stuff. So I'm, I'm excited. Have and, to and keep refreshing the page now. I I can't get onto it yet. You're gonna have to hurry up. Dude, it, hold on one second. One. Oh, are you gonna do it live on the podcast? We're live on the podcast. We have sounds. Do we have oh sounds to like announce? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, hold on. I'm going to do this real quick. And this hold is where on. the podcast dissolves and everybody stops listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. All right. Hold on. See, we'll have wait, to wait, 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 wait. I'm just, just going to do this real quick. Oh, it's an ad. Of course it's an ad. Oh, no. You must jump on the suspense. <laughs> See, I feel like we need to have a contest now, like the people on SNL who posted them all times. I feel like I need to do that. Ooh, that's fun. There you go. Does it sound does it sound good? Is it, oh, is it live yet? Fancy. Ah, it's, it's live. So it's Woo. live. Dairygoatpodcast.com. Be sure to check it out, everyone. And then of course we have our socials, our Facebook, um, ringside hosts or you can search just ringside and american dairy goat podcast we have our instagram which is ringside underscore goat underscore podcast and be sure to subscribe um to our podcast on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts yeah uh, danielle thank you so much for doing a lot of hard work with that um really appreciate it like it, you you knocked it out of the park so uh appreciate you and grace of hops and lops farm i appreciate you as well for being on well thanks for keeping me busy tonight it was fun to have our kidding group therapy session <laughs> <laughs> well un- until next time when we'll, we'll have i'm sure like within like a couple months we'll have you back on maybe at nationals who knows like i said i want to keep my like most um times i've been a guest on here title so I feel like I need to be able to put that on my website. It's like Ooh, it's gonna be like after now. I, I wanna keep my, my title here. Here are you going for are you going for episode five now or where are we at? How close are we to the five? This is club? episode three? Four? I think. At least three. Four? It's kidding season. You can't ask me questions like that. <laughs> we don't count, don't we know? I'm not running Never out of time for this. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, Kurt Schnipke, uh yeah, you know, pick up your pick up the game here, buddy, because you said you wanted to be on the most. So, uh, what are we doing? We need these Nubian <laughs> people to be represented. You know, Nubian yeah, yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, Nubian breeder as a host. You know, what was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, it has been a wonderful episode. Thank you so much. Good luck the rest of the kidding season, and we'll catch you next week. This has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John. And I'm Danielle. And we'll see you next time. Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast, is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry. <laughs>